Dermot and Dave. Conversation, crack, and the music you love. Today FM. It all happens here. Today FM. The Honourable Carol is in with us. Hi. You'll know her as Maria Brown from Mrs. Brown's Boys. But actually, we go way back, Fiona. You and I, because my wife, yes. who was then my girlfriend, was in the live Mrs. Brown's Boys show in Glasgow and Liverpool. That's right. In 2000, I think it was. Oh, God, you're better with years yeah, than me. Yeah, I think it was 2000. Was it? Um, and then you and I had worked together already uh, doing music. That's right. Yeah, in your bedroom. In my bedroom. So years ago, I was a music producer before I worked in radio. And uh, yeah, you came along and sang some amazing songs, I have oh. to say. You're a great singer. Yeah, I'll have to take them out, actually. <laughs> oh, God, okay. Or maybe not. Or maybe no, no, not. I'll, do, I'll send them to you first, <laughs> and then you decide what to do. But look, let's talk Mrs. Brown's for a sec, okay? So yeah. this is literally phenomenon after phenomenon. Like, here we go. I'm talking about 23 years ago. My wife was in a show that was big enough to be in the biggest shows in Liverpool, the biggest shows in Glasgow. And 23 year, years later... It's still got live shows. It's still got now. It's got TV shows and specials, and you've now got a TV series coming back. Yeah, I know. Well, look, if it works, it works, you know, and we'll keep going until people don't like it anymore. And at the moment, people are still enjoying it. So, yeah. and we enjoy it, you, you know. Do. And I'm sure Tracy will even tell you. back in the day when we were touring, like we had some crack. She always says that. She says it was the most fun she ever had acting oh. was in that, and it was just a bunch of friends yeah. having the crack. And sure, especially with the live stuff. The more you corpse, the more you laugh, the more you have fun poked at you, the better that show is going to yeah. be. I mean, that, that was the whole point of it as well, was to include the audience, which is why we break, mm. you know, break the fourth wall. Because you were including them in that business, you know. Of, and it was almost like, you know, I suppose Mrs. Brown's house. And then all of a sudden this audience is there. And it's, <laughs> like, it's like everybody's sitting around a dinner table, you know, yeah, having the crack. Insane. And you, that, that is even transferred to the TV and to the films and everything. There's a constant fourth wall breaking yeah. which is so great so I know really and well we done. fought for that because yeah. you know initially when um, a wonderful man called Stephen Crumb came to see our show up in Glasgow and approached Dad and said I want to turn this into a TV series mm. it was a case of how do we kind of how do we recreate that for TV it's very difficult yeah. you know so we were very adamant that we wanted a live audience and that it had to be shot in front of a live audience yeah. Um, but also for TV, you have to hit certain points at certain times. And, you know, because the cameramen are there and it's multi-camera, which is very, very difficult. Yeah. And, you know, if you go off script and you start doing things, they get all confused. And it then it doesn't transfer well to TV because gotcha. they're missing shots and missing so stuff. So your discipline changes slightly then oh, from completely. that point of view. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, of course, in theatre, you know, as an actor, you are bigger. And, yeah. you know. And we had, well, I had an awful time. Toning it down? Well, toning it down for one, but also I kept, you know, um, you know, sitting sideways on the chair facing the audience and the director's going, what are you doing? Of course, because you're you're stage theatre will tell you that's what you need to do. Yeah, you would always present yourself to the audience and and all of your movements would be there, you know, a certain way. And (laughs) so it was, it was, it is a completely different medium. But at the same time, I think we did quite well in recreating that and like that instead of it being in a theatre we are now in people's homes yeah you know and we still manage to keep that kind of intimacy I hope oh you do you definitely do and not only in our homes but you've been in our homes around Christmas and New Year's for years it's now become a staple it's the most watched thing over Christmas and New Year's which is just phenomenal but you're finally back in a non-Christmas yes. world in Mrs. Brown's. So tell us about the new four-part series that's happening. Yes, we've decided to do a mini-series. Uh, we haven't done a proper series in a long, long time, so we're all really excited. Yeah. Because especially with the Christmas episodes, you're kind of limited to certain cast. 
you know, be Corecast and, and like you're limited to that kind of Christmas theme. Of course. So, 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 so every year when your dad, Brendan, goes to write it, he has to write it with the Christmas kind of, I suppose, the, not, I don't mean the cloud or, but like that's, that's the, in, the kind of thing that informs the writing. Yeah. Whereas this now frees him up to do whatever he wants. Yeah. I mean, even at Christmas, there's some, some, some elements that were like, like last Christmas, there would have been themes that are not necessarily Christmassy, but, you know, you kind of bring that Christmas vibe in. Into it, yeah. But this time round, yeah. So we've got Agnes and Winnie uh, go speed dating. <laughs> <laughs> which I cannot wait. That's a guaranteed winner. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've also got a new character. I uh, know, who is it? Yeah, Agnes has a new neighbour and um, I'm not sure of her character name actually because I haven't seen any scripts yet. Is it, sorry, before you tell us who that is, is it true that you don't get the scripts until right before table reads? Literally, yeah. Literally, like the yeah, day of the day before? Yeah, very, very, very strict on that. Nobody gets to see a script. Okay. He doesn't like to be influenced. And when it's done, it's done. So, yeah, so he knows himself as an artist. This is finished. I've done it now. And then let everyone can have it, but not until that point. Yeah, I think every artist can relate to that. You know, sometimes when you're working on a piece, unless you know when to stop, you can nearly overwork it. Yeah, yeah, that's And fair. it becomes something then too complicated and too complex and you start to overthink it and then you kind of move away from what, what it was you were originally trying to do. Mm-hmm. So when it's done, it's done. And then when we get into the room, that's when we get to play around. Oh, of course. So you can do a little bit of your interpretation of it, then a little bit of improv and then make someone laugh and then yeah, your dad might scribble something down. And look, bit and different. because we're all working together for so long and we're all family, yeah. you know, it's very hard not to mess. <laughs> You know, and then sometimes, you know, we mess. I've been in a room with your family. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but okay, so you haven't seen the scripts. So you don't know the new person's character's name, but you do know who the new person is and you will tell us. I know, it's June Rogers. June Rogers? I know. No way. I'm so excited. Oh, June's been around for ages in this in the whole theatre scene. Oh, and she does comedy so well. Yeah. Like, she's going to be fab. I can't so wait. So she's Mrs. Brown's new neighbour. Yes. Amazing. Yes. And do we know even roughly when we're going to see this? Um, well, we haven't been scheduled yet by the BBC, okay. so we're not too sure. But I would say, uh, I'm going to guess around June, July. That's my guess, but don't okay. hold me to it. Well, so if I was you, I would stay tuned to June, social July. media. So and, social uh, media, will, yes, yeah, yes. you find out all the information you need there. Exactly. Uh, well, look, and you're going back on stage as well. So June, July, maybe TV, but August, November is your live time. Like, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, doing we're all back that again back in the UK? Yeah, we're doing, I think, 43 nights in the UK Jeez. between... August and November and in between then in October we're going to be filming the two Christmas specials it's a, a little bit of a busy time then I know June I know. to November you'll, you won't be answering your phone <laughs> I can absolutely assure you Dermot and Dave playing the music you know talk about Helwig for a sec because this TV show you didn't win Helwig right? no but you were dragged from Helwig it was one of the most incredible things I've seen in a long time on TV uh, this show I think is amazing I absolutely love it. Yeah. And particularly when you see people that you know perform in ways you just had no idea of the strength that they had. And you really blew my mind on this show. And a lot of people felt that way, I think. Like, you were you were taken off it for your own well-being, but you were not leaving. No, no. And I think, do you know what's funny? I think we all have that in us. Mm. Um, and I know I didn't win Hell Week, but I feel like I won. Yeah. Because I took an awful lot from it. And I was one of those few kind of crazy people who actually asked to do it. <laughs> As opposed to I were asked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually volunteered and because um, it was just something that I felt I needed to do for myself. I suppose, look, you know, COVID came and, you know, I my, my separation and mm. there was a lot of transitions happening in my life at the time. I'd moved house um, and not working for so long and you kind of go into that kind of who am I, where am I, what yeah. am I doing? All that. And I kind of lost touch with 
that kind of inner fight and you know and then hell week and I was like you know what I, I feel like I need this you have to do it yeah. yeah and when you're put in those situations where you're constantly in that fight or flight mode you know you actually wonder would I, would I be able to fight yeah. do I have that in me and now I know I do <laughs> yes yes you absolutely do and having done it have you found that it's kind of informed your life now other than knowing that you have this deep well of strength but other than that like have you found yourself kind of looking back on those things and going no that's that, that's a situation now where I've where I've accessed that yeah, it's weird. I mean, I've, when I left Hell Week, it's it's really strange because you're in this environment, you're completely immersed. Yeah. And it's amazing how much you build um, a bond with everyone in there so quickly. So A, I have a better understanding and awareness now of people in the military and right. what, what, what it takes to get through that. And my God, hats off. It's incredible. Unbelievable, yeah. Unbelievable. But also that kind of difficult when, when you come away from that. Like, for weeks I was walking around lost. Right. You know, like, I almost had lost my purpose and couldn't tell anybody what I'd just done or what I'd been through. And even if I tried, you can't really explain it. No, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 everyone who we've spoken to who has done it talks about that, that it's impossible to verbalise what it can't. does to you and also, as you said, the bond you feel with everybody else that's there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's traumatic. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you get a huge positive kind of thing out of it. Um, and like you know, it's hard like it, yeah. uh, there's no prisoners you know what I mean no. I was like, they take no prisoners as in you know they don't care about your gender they don't care about your size they don't care You're about just anything. a number you are a number and mm. that is it and that was one thing that I loved because I suppose within society you know you're faced with that you know as a woman yeah, yeah. you know my height you know um, as a mother yeah. single mother all of those things, yeah. all of those things you know They're you're constantly labels, yeah. boxed and put into these little labels and for once you were in the situation where you had no label and you were literally a number and you were just fighting for your life. That is so good to hear you say that because that's one of the things I think watching it that you realise that a seven foot rugby player is number 17 mm-hmm. and uh, five foot whatever, five, five foot something uh, m- mother is number two. And that's that's just what it is. And, yeah. and that's the way the DS has approached that. And I love the fairness of that. Mm-hmm. Because it removes all the societal things. It does, it's completely. Just, if you can do it and you can't do it, you're in and you're out. End. Yeah, yeah. You know? You're there to do a mission and that's it. And if you can't complete it, you can't complete it. That's just the end. That's the way it is. Any other reality TV show is going to be simple for you now. Whatever it is like. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't like know. Like a bake-off or anything. You just like, you'd be like, this is easy. I did a hell week. Oh, God. I mean, I think I would actually be more nervous about that. <laughs> well, I don't know why, because you bossed that one so much. But come here, we cannot wait to see the new Mrs. Brown stuff. As you said, keep an eye on social media. We'll find out when it is. Uh, sometime in the summertime, we'll have this four-part miniseries on RTE and BBC. Fiona Carroll, it's a pleasure to see you. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you so much. It's so good to see you again. It's been so long. It has been. Far. The last time we saw you was at Metallica. Metallica is yeah, right. Yeah, back in Slane. It's like we saw each other in the crowd. It was like, yay! <laughs> Dermot and Dave. Weekdays from 9am. Today